0: Welcome to The C-Word, a the conservator's podcast. Today we're talking about professional bodies.
1: I'm Jenna Mathiason, an objects conservator based in South Yorkshire. And I'm Chloe Rumsey, an objects conservator based in Greater Manchester. And today it's just the two of us. Just us. Aww. Aww.
0: No, it's not so bad. <laughs> There's pizza. It's nice. Snowy. There's... A lot of snow. You really braved the snow today. Well, I know. You. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Anyway, just to start with, um, this episode about professional bodies is actually Christina's brainchild. Shout, Shout out. out! Thank you so much for your hard work, Christina. Right. So we're we unfortunately haven't to, have to do this episode without Christina, which is a, which is a bit of a shame, really. But uh, we are go- going to have a smashing time of it, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Obviously, first a bit of jovial news. I recently, I'm really into video games. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I watched a lot of video game reviews because I'm a massive nerd. And uh, recently I watched a review of uh, an expansion pack for The Sims 4. Now for people who have lived under a rock would aren't familiar with video games or normal people whichever one that is <laughs> whichever one you can yourself as uh, The Sims is a series of games which are basically kind of like virtual doorhouses you build some houses you make some people you dress them up and you play with them right that's that, that's the premise <laughs> uh, they have jobs and stuff and all that all the good stuff basically it's a virtual doorhouse and it's been going for quite some time so now they're on The Sims 4 and there's an expansion pack for that called Jungle Adventure and uh, in it in a slightly sketchy way because you're a tourist uh, your sims can become archaeologists and dig things out of the ground which I found quite you know enticing <laughs> um, but or more, unethical whichever yes I was going to say also massively <laughs> illegal uh, <laughs> even better if you have the right if your sim has the right skill set and the right equipment they can clean up the artifacts and do <laughs> conservation work <laughs> And then they go in a special cabinet in their house. Again, super illegal and unethical, but in theory, conservation is in some way represented in a video game, and I'm excited. (laughs) Anyway, that was a massive, (laughs) massive tangent, Uh, but that's our only news today. (laughs) Back to the serious matter. Oh, raining it in. So today we're talking about professional bodies, and...
1: uh, There are loads. There are loads. I don't think I realised no How many there once are. we
0: started making a list and actually emailing everyone it started becoming apparent there are a lot of professional bodies out there we went for national international we went for a couple of specialty groups like specialist networks we we really did try to talk to everyone uh not everyone had time to talk to us but we are very just fair enough really. yeah we really appreciate the people who did take the time to get back to us
1: thank you so much everyone who- oh yeah did respond and responded very comprehensively as well oh yeah you we were awesome. so impressed with all of your replies You're and aw- we'll thank everyone individually at the end
0: oh yes definitely now just as a starter uh, a professional body also known as a professional association society or organization is an organization seeking to further a particular profession the interests of the individuals engaged in that profession and the public interest and they tend to be non-profit organizations just as a wikipedia <laughs> definition of what we're doing do like what we're on about to beginner to oh begin yeah, because it's, it's a bit muddled isn't it like what is a professional body what yeah. is isn't one and yeah but um, actually i think i think specialist networks totally count because they are trying to do something very much for people who work with that specific yeah. thing oh absolutely so i think yeah. that totally counts as a professional body but yeah so we asked loads of people. Uh, how many people actually got back to us? Do you remember? Nine. 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 We had nine, nine very organizations. Compre- comprehensive replies. Uh, which and from awesome. one
1: organization, two people, two separate people got back to me. Oh, very good. Very Different nice. looks
0: very nice.
1: Yeah, that is very nice.
0: So the organizations we have, and I'm going to rattle through these and explain what they are because there are a lot of abbreviations and I'm really sorry. I feel like there should be some sort of bingo card <laughs> for how many times we are going to mention the abbreviations. So... <laughs> If you need to take notes, take them now. Right. Get a pen. Yeah. So we have ICON, that's the Institute of Conservation. That's the UK body for conservators in the UK. The AIC, the American Institute of Conservation. ICRI, which is what, what how I say it. Sorry, ICRI, which is longer to say, so I'll go ICRI. Uh, which is the Institute <laughs> of Conservative Restorers in Ireland. NATSCA, which is the Natural Sciences Collections Association said NZCCM, which is the New Zealand Conservators of Cultural Materials. The MA, uh, that's the Museums Association. Again, that's a UK organization. The NKFS, that's uh, Nordiska Konservatorsförbundet Sverige. Also and... <laughs> known as the Nordic Conservative Restorers Association in Sweden. Uh, so they have different branches. Finland has its own one, Denmark oh. has its own one, Norway has its own one. But the Swedish ones, they go back to us. Which I'm that's, very grateful for.
1: It's a very beautiful word. Oh, thanks very much. It's better than ours.
0: <laughs> uh, then we got got uh, CAPC, that's uh, Canadian Association of Professional Con- uh, Conservators. And finally, we have ICOMCC, the International Council of Museums Committee for Conservation. That is a, a long and, and quite illustrious list, I
1: feel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good. Yeah
0: right what What are we going to start with basically we sent uh, out basically the same questions to everyone with slight tweaks and uh we, we you know we got answers to as many or as few of them as people wanted or had time quite with.
1: a lot though i
0: was really surprised. oh yeah oh no people went all in with answering yeah. i was really impressed uh so so that's grand uh what should we start with uh press compression. oh yes so i mean i feel like this is almost a little bit Unfair because we're not really talking about what they're offering at this stage, we're just doing a price comparison. I also apologize because ICOM CC isn't included in this little overview because I think I understand this correctly that each country has a different membership fee, and then I'm not sure if there's a different one for joining ICOM CC on top of that. I'm really, I'm sorry, I'm really bad at confusing
1: membership fee structures and i get very easily confused so (laughs) if you understand the process better than we do please let us know please write in and tell us exactly how it works because i mean frankly i'd quite like to join myself so it'd be very nice to know how and what and how much
0: yeah so this is where it becomes very obvious that neither one of us is a member of iCOM cc because we, we 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 don't know we have no idea um so that's excluded from this i'm afraid but basically i've done some conversions based on the uh let's see the the exchange rate for british pounds on the 18th of march that's what we're going on here
1: Um, (laughs) may that not change too dramatically (laughs) yes we'll see so that's a
0: caveat right it's today's exchange rate it could change massively and i have rounded up or down as appropriate I'm kind of pleased to say that most places offer kind of a range of prices, depending on where you are in your career, etc. Oh, that's good. I quite like that. The only ones that don't is the Canadian Association. Uh, okay. Uh, they have a flat fee of 85 Canadian dollars, and that's about 46 pounds, which, oh. you know, is, is that, that's pretty good. Is this annually? Yes. Annually. So okay. all of these prices are annual, as far as I've been able to tell. In uh, the Swedish Nordic one, full membership is about 39 pounds and associate membership which i'm not entirely sure what that entails is 30 pounds and if you're retired you only pay 13 pounds yeah. uh which Fucking. yeah i know right that's really good <laughs> no it's so good because previously before i started looking at this i felt like retired people tended to be excluded from these tiers uh-huh. like, and actually i'm heartened to see that they are included more more often than i thought that's really good but i do feel like retired people get you know really you know they get the short end of the stick sometimes where it's yeah. like well tough you should have saved more no, no that's not how retirement works anymore stop that
1: <laughs> well, don't punish, also some don't of the punish most... people for retiring no exactly they're also in this in professions like this they can be some of the most valuable people oh to yeah the profession because they're the ones with all the experience they're the ones that yeah. have kind of paved the way for oh absolutely
0: so we're pleased to see that quite a lot of uh, organizations do have a special retiree pay band uh, or like fee band or whatever you would say now icon you know th- these are only accurate as of what i found on the websites today as well so i'm guessing in the new financial year which is you know next month <laughs> uh, these may all change so i apologize for like, this being out of date really really quickly probably uh, but uh, today uh, in terms of uh, ICON membership, associate membership is £100. Uh, concessionary associate membership, uh, that's if you're on a lower income grade, is £85 per year. Student membership is £52 and supporter is 50 You can also join as an organisation for 370 So those are the kind of bands there. I do also know that if you're an accredited... Icon associate that you do pay a lot more than this but I don't know how much so
1: write in let us know yeah So neither of us are accredited no
0: yeah clearly so um, I don't know what the current accredited uh, membership fee is but hey ho for the AIC, the regular membership is about 106 pounds. That's $149. Students and retired people is about 50 quid, $71. And institutions can join for 168 quid or $235. So that's the kind of the kind of grades there. Uh, then we go into the Irish, uh Icry, in which case it's all in euros. So students, they pay 25 euros, about 22 pounds. Uh, associate membership is 30 euros or about 26 pounds. Fully like con- like conservative restorers, 50 euros. Uh, that's about 44 pounds. And accredited conservative restorers are 100 euros or 88 pounds. For Natska, oh my God, Natsca is like the affordable, <laughs> it's like the, the, oh the affordable option. But to be, like, uh, to be, we should also mention that that's a specialist network, so you, they would probably expect you to pay other membership fees on top of whatever you're already giving them, right? Um, so uh, really, what? why? Well, say that you're a conservative you're probably a member of ICON already and then you're also a member oh, of Natsuka yeah so okay. so yeah. it wouldn't make sense for them to want to charge like you know a ridiculous amount no. because then you wouldn't be able it's to a afford
1: sort of it. an additional yeah, exactly. interest isn't it additional I mean, support I mean I
0: could be barking up the wrong tree sorry Natsuka. Uh but I, I love your prices
1: <laughs> individual
0: membership is 20 pounds students uh, or the unwaged 15 uh, and institutions can join for 40 that's a bargain yeah
1: really good
0: um Museums Association have different pay bands. Uh, they vary quite a lot. Low income pay band is £80 per year. Uh, medium is £133. And high can be anywhere between £190 and £218. So it depends on how loaded you are, basically. <laughs> uh, students, volunteers, uh, unwaged, and retired people all get £56 per year for mem- uh, membership fee. And trustees can join for 75 It's got a lot of granular options and I really like that because it does take into account that people earn vastly different things in the museum sector. Uh, And then we've got the New Zealand group. Unfortunately, these numbers are from 2016. I, I just couldn't find the accurate information, so I'm sorry if this is all wrong at the moment. But in 2016, it seems like the full membership was $60, 31 pounds. Concessionary or... Yes, uh, I think it was thirty five dollars or 18 pounds and students were free.
1: Oh, my God. amazing! Um, Nobody does that. New Zealand students get in there. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, So I don't know if
0: those if those numbers are still accurate. Um, But I just thought I'd shout them out as a kind of comparison, point of comparison. So here we are kind of representing all sorts of organizations in all sorts of countries, which is, you know, really good. But yeah, so the prices do vary quite a lot. Um, depending on where you are, but it will also depend on what kind of economies you're working in, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. So I'm not sure if UK might have slightly higher rates because the pound is stronger, or I guess it's not that we earn more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not that. I don't know. I don't know either. Are there fewer institutions in in the UK?
0: No, no, the opposite. I feel like there are loads to
1: choose. From. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well maybe we just know about ours better. That's that sounds yeah quite yeah friendly.
0: yeah. Uh, okay, right next we looked at what uh, everyone provides for the members. So we asked, "What do you provide your members with? Like, wh- why should they join you?" And some things that absolutely everyone, as far as I can tell, provided were a newsletter they they could be at varying kind of uh regularity like quarterly or monthly or whatever but everyone has a newsletter um everyone seems to provide either training or reduced rates like uh, a discount for training opportunities voting rights because most uh, of these organizations have some sort of you know uh, board or something that you need to vote people in on job alerts that was quite common uh, which is a lovely touch Annual meetings—that's probably also a legal requirement. I think of these organisations to always have like an annual thing. Uh, but that could just be a UK thing. uh Networking opportunities was also really common and uh, recognition. Recognition. Oh,
1: it's <laughs> like <Suck> a <laughs> little <love> badge <laughs> of
0: pride. Can I have a badge? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get a badge. Get a card. Cards are alright.
1: I do like my card.
0: Yeah, cards are alright got two cards get you well Ooh, spending all my money <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't have any money uh, loads of people also provide some sort of specialist member publication now I'm not meaning like a magazine although loads of people did that as well but something like you know studies in conservation like that sort of thing oh, okay. where it's like a slightly academic publication that only members like really Icom have access journal, to the journal yeah yeah journal. that's yeah. that sort of thing right mm-hmm. Lo- loads of these organizations also had specialist subgroups now i know i'm really interested in this it's well known of course to us at least that icon has subgroups that Mm -hmm. you know you can join and that seems to be quite a common theme amongst these um, various organizations that you do have little subgroups that you can join not everyone was necessarily very detailed in what they are or anything because i suppose it's only interesting if you live in ireland etc but loads of people did have the specialist groups
1: I'm really interested in that because I think I'm a fan of it now because I'm in a slightly more um, specialized role and I'm sort of I can kind of hone down on what I know I'm interested in but I remember when I first signed up I'm a member of Icon and when I first signed up in my like First, yeah, I can't remember if it was my first or second year of my degree, and I was looking at all these specialisms, thinking, "How on earth do I choose which one I like?" <laughs> I'm, I'm an objects conservator that covers most, most yeah. things. I don't want to, yeah. you know, where's organics? You know, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and I feel like there are, yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm totally with you because as a as a new professional, absolutely impossible to know what you're gonna choose mm-hmm. unless yeah. you. Already have a specialism, like you only did textiles, so you're only ever going to work with textiles, yeah. then it's obvious what it's going to be. But I think objects conservators have a really hard time with trying mm. to pick what their specialist group should be. Yeah. Now, you can join two and then have one as a kind of a freebie, like you're on the mailing list, but you don't really get any of the perks.
1: I've joined five. Have you? Yeah. I, I don't think th- anyone's noticed. <laughs> I thought it was
0: three. <laughs> Shh. Uh, you could join as many you like. Uh, <laughs> because it depends M- on michael nels just ignore this
1: <laughs> oh god what have i said so it seems to me that <laughs> that it depends so much on the job that you're actually in because yeah i, I, I a have reconfigured role. yeah mine exactly many I, times. i'm in a very specialized role doing textiles but i'm also responsible for a massive collection of photographs so i'm on the photographs mm-hmm. one yeah and Loads of paper, so I'm on the paper one, and oh, I'm on the text does one as well, and right, so you're on loads, and I'm on loads, but um, which means that I get a lot of emails all the time, yeah. But sometimes I
0: feel like I just need to be on all of them, and then I feel bad, like I'm some sort of freak.
1: But actually, well, I, just, I can't possibly attend everything. What? No, obviously. <laughs> so, no, no, obviously. So, so I feel like <laughs> but, I'll just be one. I'll just be kind of. I feel like jack of all trades. So I feel
0: like specialist groups are good, and I, they feel more useful now that I'm a bit established in my mm-hmm. career. Yeah, definitely. But I, I also feel like I can't possibly fit in any in any mm-hmm. of them, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. I mean, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm even on the committee in one of them.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but you know, like I i I recognize that my job will always be so diverse that yeah i will always you know need at least six of them right like, yeah uh, it just it just never quite works out as i i'm this and that's all i yeah. am never ever
1: do we need like do we need a sort of middle ground that's, membership of those groups so that you can have like a bit of all the stuff well, I mean, that sounds rubbish, yeah,
0: it yeah, does a little bit i don 't know what the solution is, or if you could just say that no you're allowed to be a a formal member of more groups, but then i'm not sure that works either because i yeah i don't know what the solution is no but if anyone's listening from my icon, oh, this is a dilemma for object, <laughs> please think of us
1: <laughs> uh, i don't feel that i'm getting. I feel like in the in an effort to get as much as I can, I'm getting less than I would <laughs> because I've kind of taken too big a piece of pie,
0: and I can't I can't cope. Anyway, but on the bright side, that means that the groups actually uh, do offer a lot of they, things. They do, so that's yeah, good. they that's really do.
1: Good, they really do. Okay, sorry, back to your, Back to your list. Oh no, that, that that's distracted us.
0: But no, uh, specialist groups does seem to be uh, a, a quite common thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know pros and cons to everything. Uh, s- uh, some things that only some people said they provide. I mean, you probably all of them provide it, but only some people said they did. So I'm going to bring them up. Social engagement. I loved this because it was kind of like, oh, you, you know... We pub evenings, you know, stuff Aww. like that, and it was like, oh, I love that, and like, you know, things like that. So, a couple of organisations said that they did more kind of social stuff that isn't necessarily hardcore networking, but which it's more, ones? but it's more like uh, I feel like um, the New Zealand ones, the Irish ones, mm-hmm. and the Swedish ones Aww. all mention kind of social events that weren't very worky, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I appreciate, uh, that uh, but as well. you know, it's it's also really hard to pull off because yeah. you know, geographical distances and all that right some people uh, such as the uh, nordic and the irish professional body uh, said that they had some extra grants for members only yes. for things like travel and training and all that stuff so it might be that more people do that but they were the ones who pointed it out several icon i cry the canadian association and the new zealand one uh, also that they had various listings or similar where people can find conservators and search for them uh, which does seem to be a very core element of what they do so that people can actually
1: find professional conservators so so that's grand and and those people were very proud of that, that it was oh very, very it was much very yes much a central oh yeah that, central that, that was definitely that
0: they did yeah definitely a very core thing icon i cry and the canadians uh, all have accreditation schemes of their own so they are the ones that do various kinds of accreditation now they will probably look different in each country but they do do accreditation for conservators so some uh, organizations, uh, ICR and ICOM especially, did say that they did non-member events. Do know that technically you can go to say icon events mm-hmm. without being a member and yeah. stuff like that. So like definitely more people do do it.
1: And you can go to museums association. Yeah, yeah, you can. That.
0: You just yeah. had you just had to pay like a mm-hmm. higher higher fee or something. So we know that people do do that, and it is good to do because that way, even if someone can't afford to be a member all the time they might be able to finance that one-off training event or talk that they want to go to yeah absolutely. so i think that's actually quite crucial uh, some people said things like we're there to give kind of government input and like advice on legislation people have access to tendering opportunities that you wouldn't have if you weren't a member the Muse- Museums Association and ICOM uh, both have free entry to various museums and exhibitions uh, because that they was are...
1: particularly interested in that. Because <laughs> they are,
0: you know, more museum-wide organizations, so that makes perfect sense. And, and loads of people do quite enjoy that perk. Uh, most of the museums in the UK are free, but you can get free entry to, say, special exhibitions, for example. The AIC said they had uh, online forums members which is
1: something I really miss <laughs> not that I think there is a decline in the forum isn't there oh definitely like there's mum's net and people asking about their health and that's it <laughs> and yes. why is my car doing this <laughs> yes <laughs> and I mean you've
0: got a bit of community going on on reddit and stuff like that but I do feel like there is perhaps not very many places to go and ask advice when you when you're like a lone conservator needing to talk to some people uh but then i guess facebook groups and stuff are kind of filling that void count i suppose that's it it kind of does but it's not as organic because you have to email in and it's a bit more formal so it's less likely to be very chatty so in some ways i kind of miss forums like that but Again, it's a dying breed, so ignore me. I'm just being nostalgic.
1: <laughs> In my day, we, <laughs> always exactly. had
0: a forum. we all used to go on forums and have an avatar, and everything was <laughs> lovely. <laughs> One of my favourite answers, though, for what they provide was Natsuka saying they provide support for their members. Uh shockingly no one else actually phrased it like that <laughs> and actually I just thought that I is love the loveliest that. thing yeah. that's what I want to support I want support. <laughs> I want support always so thank you Natska. yeah so that's kind of a run-through of what people said they do provide mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. Uh, their members
1: well some of the phrasing is particularly interesting and also the way that the way that different institutions provide their answers the kind of language they used was mm. really interesting. Oh yeah. Um and the kind of, you know, you'd have the bigger bigger organizations with a really polished kind of document with and it had been, you know, vetted and yeah with the logo and it's <laughs> very official and then bright and shiny and, and then some people just email back with
0: oh I'm happy to help you and it's like oh yeah so i mean obviously both is great oh yes obviously um we appreciate these answers in any form that they came don't get us wrong <laughs> it's just it's just nice to note that there are differences uh we also asked people about what
1: their organizational priorities were like yeah. ooh, are these different to their to what they provide their priorities versus what yeah they yeah a little bit yeah a little ooh, bit uh, interesting. i mean yeah so
0: th- these were kind of i feel like these ended up being more aspirational or we aim to you see like we we got a lot of that kind of answers it it became obvious that some people are more institutional than Mm -hmm. individual based Uh so for example the museums association said very nice things like inspiring museums to change lives and leading positive change in the Uh sector but you know and those are great things but they are obviously more based around museums as organizations as opposed to supporting museum workers Uh Which I suppose, I do expect a slightly more member-heavy focus on, like, from the conservation groups Mm -hmm. for some reason. And I don't really know why, because some of them did point out that they're, you know, like, conservation bodies, not conservator bodies and that we and that we shouldn't be confusing that what they're doing with like unions or Mm -hmm. that sort of that sort of backing right and that is a fair point um but i do still feel like the conservation bodies are slightly more like membership focused like less about institutions need to do this and more about members should do this which is Uh, which i feel is just a slight shift it's not huge Uh
1: but a slight one I suppose it's what you're after, isn't it? Yes, As well. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the really big themes that
0: everyone mentioned were advocacy. So making people aware that conservation is a thing and raising the profile of mm-hmm. it and that sort of thing. Pretty much everyone said that, like that was yeah. that was a priority for them. And also promoting best practice, high standards, mm-hmm. making sure conservation standards are a known thing and that it's aimed for and all that. They were huge like, they were like the big flashy keywords yeah. that everyone shouted about. And then we've got some, like, not outliers, but like some other ones. Natsuka and Icon both mentioned community, like, that they want to Lovely. build a yeah. community of people who can share their knowledge and skills. And that's great. Goes hand in hand
1: with support.
0: It does, actually. Lovely. It does um and for example Natska said increasing awareness of the value of natural history in museums and uh you know that's that's so valuable and we do need that mm-hmm. so i guess i guess that's just kind of an offshoot because everyone else is trying to increase awareness of the value of conservation yeah uh, so you know they're just kind of parallels aren't they mm-hmm. Uh, most groups also said things like skills development. They wanted their members to get the right training, be able to continue their professional development uh, and stay current in their skills. So that's really good. See, that's, that's a member focus there. Mm-hmm. Like we want our members to be able to get training.
1: That's really nice. I think yeah. that was, it was good to see that such a, it's kind of central
0: yeah goal. absolutely really, really interesting i really appreciate that the aic said uh, they wanted uh, to represent the conservation to the public so they wanted to be like the public face of conservation that sort of thing mm-hmm. the new zealand group uh mentioned that they'd like growth you know like i think they were the only ones to mention that they'd like to grow their membership and grow as an organization mm-hmm. and i really like icon mentioned engagement um, and I'm actually going to read out a bit of what they said because I feel like they phrased it much better than I could. We want to expand our membership to include all those who wish to support our work. It's important for us to build entryways into the sector and we're working hard with employers on the new apprenticeship uh, standards. Volunteers who are engaged with Care for Heritage should also benefit. Uh, so I feel like that that was good that it was trying to include kind of adjacent areas and kind of thinking about ways into the profession. That was really nice again uh, the nordic uh, conservatives organization did say that they uh, that one of their core priorities was providing the government with advice on legal matters mm-hmm. like you know le- legislation that's you know they need the needers for that
1: i found that very interesting and in the ones that i noticed there that, that to- Having an organisation that represents you and that can speak for you, like a, yeah, a sort of. I feel like
0: lobbying when it comes to legislation and stuff like that is is something that is really important. Actually, mm-hmm. I suppose in the UK maybe we suffer from. There are many organisations that already do that. Uh, I'm thinking rescue and you know all sorts of you know archaeology based ones and yeah yeah. you know all the historic historic England and all of that right Mm -hmm. all of them already do that so maybe there's not as much room for icon there and uh, museum association obviously already do quite a lot of that so yeah maybe there's just not the the room to expand into that there
1: i feel it has to do with although, who's listening and what they're listening about as well yeah though. although
0: we do respond to white papers and stuff like that yeah by icons so mm-hmm. i mean there is that
1: but yeah so i i found it interesting that
0: the nordic conservatives that was a core aspect yeah. of their work encouraging national and international collaboration was also a core one uh in their in their point of view I, I loved this from, from the Canadians, which was, uh, it was all about finding the competent people, letting people find the conservators needed to do the job. I really like that. That's... Straight to the point, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's it's such a... It's so obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious that nobody else said it. <laughs> and, and I really appreciate that they did say it, because yeah, that is surely a point yeah. and a priority.
1: So one of the other questions we asked was, what are your weaker areas slash where would you like to see more development? So the largest institution, ICOMCC, they would like more members from underrepresented countries. And basically, that's, that's the, so nice, isn't it? Yeah. So they've, they've identified that the the, there is a problem of um, a lack of financial support for travel um, over oh, long yeah. distances. Oh, yeah, of course, because they do the triennial conferences,
0: which are in exotic locations. Yeah, it,
1: exactly. Um, and I imagine, I mean, obviously, they're exotic to us, but well, they're exotic to me because well, I'm yes. British and I never travel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm on this <laughs> tiny little island and I expect everybody to come to me. Ah, but but
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, technically, because they have in a different place every year, they are exotic locations because they're
1: never in the true, same location. True, but they're local to some. Oh, of so, course. Yeah. So anyway, um, the problem of financial support for traveling long distances. Um, yeah. I'll I was gonna say i would never ever 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 be able to go to one of their conferences without a grant well, melbourne as yeah. well i really wanted to go to that but oh, i, I mean they're great for the people in in oh, that neck of the oh, woods oh yes so, absolutely
0: absolutely going. i mean definitely i mean it's if anything it's more democratic to move it around properly all the time
1: oh absolutely i mean that yeah. that
0: is the way to do it yeah uh, especially since they come around every three years so, uh-huh. you know.
1: yeah you can save up yeah, exactly. So, also an interesting, interesting aspect of um, considering potentially different different priorities in uh, unstable economies as well. So, um, oh yeah. So accepting essentially that you know if you think about the whole world that will encompass conservatives from very many different countries and struggling with different things and stuff so i thought that was an interesting global view. yeah
0: that's where where you can where you can really tell that's a properly international organization where they have to think well some what the conservator in kazakhstan is going to have very different thoughts on this Uh matter than the conservator in japan and the conservator in Norway.
1: Yeah exactly yeah very interesting cool. so um yes that was the largest one the smallest again that i've taken is natska um or, or we're not picking on your natska we love you yes <laughs> uh, just in as an example of a smaller institution natska would like to see um they would like more staff to facilitate activities um so that they can provide more training and events projects that that's a wonderful isn't it Absolutely, and it's such a simple solution as well. That is obviously, you know, extremely difficult to solve. But it's you know, yeah, but to do more stuff, you you need more people. Yeah, kind of, um, kind of straightforward, so so relatable as well. Yeah, so relatable. I can't imagine the number of you listening that must be sitting there thinking, "Yeah, if only I had." eight of me i could do <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. i could do my job yeah that's how i feel at least. <laughs> um so icri um they would like to grow their profile in in the cultural sector of ireland um, and increase their member base uh, so A- aic aim to develop their financial stability in the current economic climate um which i found really interesting because obviously of all the things that are going on at the moment um oh yeah and you know what? that's an interesting point because i feel like only about two of the organizations Mm -hmm. so
0: aic and oh i can't swear by who the other one was and probably don't feel like i should be outing them either but i feel like about Uh two organizations did say that they wanted financial resilience yeah yeah really so that's interesting because it's probably something that is actually a universal problem, but not everyone wants. Yeah, maybe not everyone. People wants don't to.
1: talk about it. Yeah, again, but or transparency maybe fancy people. Or maybe
0: maybe it's just one of those obvious things where it's so obvious that yeah. we're all struggling. So why yep. mention yeah.
1: it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so their, their their goals for this their uh, their approach to this should I should say is increasing marketing outreach and fundraising um, for that and icon um, i 'm going to read out actually because I think they 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 um, said this in a really nice succinct way, um, and it 's not something that we saw elsewhere they want we want to find ways to mitigate financial barriers to participation, whether that 's becoming a member attending icon events or getting accredited Aww. Um, and I thought yes that's i think of oh, all yeah. the things that we could complain about in our sector and oh it's so difficult to participate in icon because oh it's expensive that's exactly it they know yeah they're they trying know to and help trying. that's good it's that's, just that it's expensive that so it's really i, I helpful, really actually yeah, yeah i really i really appreciated oh, reading that was, that. That was really good. good yeah mine too thank you icon and they're hoping to do that through um, things like extended grants, burs- uh, sorry, things like grants, bursaries um, to members, um, sponsored membership as well as something um, that they have seen working in the past that they might try and bring back. Um, and basically that sort of recognition that particularly for um particularly for emerging professionals it can be really hard um just to be a part of of professional organizations um, really really odd question that only just occurred to me uh-huh can you buy membership as a gift for someone i don't
0: know i'm just throwing that though
1: i think it might be I a thing you... that
0: museums association does because oh, i feel right. like i've seen that around christmas but i mean i know that this sounds like the most dull thing ever no i'm but... laughing because i thought oh
1: you can for camera <laughs> <laughs> the real ale place i know you can buy I wow know you can buy that but hey I, that's such a good idea because you could have a like a proper gift pack couldn't you where you, you have actually. your membership yeah, you the could. last two news articles yeah you could actually that would be uh, cause, lovely because i'm thinking
0: okay right i'm i'm thinking this with my emerging professionals hat on but i kind of feel like if you've got like a, a doting grandmother who like, <laughs> wants to help you start in life then a year's membership of ico would be like amazing to receive uh that's
1: so that's such a cute little idea as well yeah
0: i don't yeah that's feel free to think
1: but you know it's, it's i'm just putting it out there i think well, that's I nice like it. i like it so in this room in this room it's a favorite yeah in the studio we like it mm. so um back to what people um would like to improve in or see development in um NKFS would you like to say that name again please jenny just Oh Nordisk uh, Konservatorsforbundet uh, thank you you're welcome <laughs> Uh, they would like to improve their marketing and uh, their, their marketing of the organisation um, and reaching out internationally. So I think for a, probably lower population places, that's one of the things they that's really kind of um, a nice thing to do to kind of bring oh, yeah, lots of different people, lots of different absolutely. expertise in, also I and must around say, and out, of course. Yeah, I must say the
0: marketing angle. I feel like loads of these must struggle with that mm-hmm. because. Yeah, I do feel like, um, you know, that's part of the profile raising, though, isn't it? Just making sure that people know that places like ICON and AIC exist outside of conservation. Yeah. Uh, Because sometimes, you know, when I talk to museum people, I mean, they barely know what a conservator is, (laughs) let alone that there's an icon. Yeah. I I mean, and like, that's something to work on. So I feel like that must be something that all of these organizations have to solve, surely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The number of times I've said, I'm a conservator, what's that? i fix objects in museums <laughs> and then the interest kicks in oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway um ends at ccm um their professional development they'd like to improve their professional development um and this was really sweet um professional development was theirs um, because they are geographically isolated their access to training is um understandably limited because everything's comparably far away um, Ooh, does this
0: mean i can get to go to new zealand and provide training <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've just come back come on <laughs> i
0: know i've just been there i want to go back
1: <laughs> um, and they would love for more international conservators and experts to visit um in that respect so i think every basically we should just all flock there because it's nice <laughs> oh and to work of course oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, work really hard um CAPC um they would like to make their accreditation process more transparent um Mm -hmm. and to increase the profile of CAPC to employers such as museums and galleries um and their first step towards this goal has been to revamp their website so check that out if you're interested Mm. we'll provide links to everyone by the way so yeah, I found those ones. But the, the answers to that really yeah, kind of really interesting. Probably self-reflective. Yeah, probably more overlap than people realise. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's struggling a bit with something, and it's very often the same thing. Yeah. So I mean,
0: if you're listening for one of these organisations, then maybe you maybe you can help uh, help someone out and like reach out and suggest something that you've tried very successfully, and that that they might be struggling with. Just saying,
1: sharing is caring. Aww. <laughs> Okay, so um the the other one of the other questions um that I thought would be a really nice thing to to assess um was the attitude I think it was the, the question that I came up with actually because um, I thought it would be really edgy and and, and interesting. Um, I know. And it was the um what are your attitudes to non-members essentially or conservatives who oh, choose yes. not to become members of your organisation? And actually it was all really inclusive and nice and everyone everyone said that all of their events were open to non-members, and that they were the things they could access. So actually, everyone not edgy could, at all. Not because edgy at at all was really nice. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aww, so, thanks uh, everyone. Group hug. group yeah, hug. Group hug. Oh. So that's that's me for the negative bits, the the things that I tried to catch people out on, <laughs> which, <laughs> which didn't I didn't. Work. <laughs> I didn't. I just thought there'd be interesting questions. One yeah. of the questions we asked um, was what makes you special? What is it that you're proudest of? Uh, what makes, what is it that you think makes you really sort of shine in the, in the, um, the group of the professional bodies? Because as we said, there are loads of them. So I'm going to read out some short little, little bits here, um, of what people found were their, their best, their best points. Icom CC was their relationship with full museum community over the whole world, which I think is quite a sort of bam. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Drop bike. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good one. Yeah. Well done. Well done there. Um, ICRI are the only organization open to private and public conservators in Ireland. Um, AIC are proudest of their membership base in the Americas and their online resources are the proudest of their online resources. Mm. Um, ICON own the accreditation standard, as we know, um, and they represent all the disciplines through the different specialist groups that we discussed earlier. NKFS um, have a grant foundation scheme uh, and a newsletter and n z c c m are f- the their operations are focused around their connection with cultural materials um and the awareness support and respect is central to their operation um which is it's in the name isn't it and of course in new zealand you've that's oh yeah, and that's central to everything
0: yeah, and they did also mention that they really incorporated you know core ethics to do with
1: mm-hmm. maori cultural yeah, objects yeah you
0: know, they, they were really really on it with the ethics they, yeah. they were good
1: yeah and an example i'm sure <laughs> you all are <laughs> <laughs> but they're certainly an example and very interesting institution as well um capc are proudest of their um, unified shared code of ethics um as as accreditation is a very hot topic with them particularly i think that's that's really that's really a deep deep part of what they do um museums association finally didn't state one so um i'm gonna i'm gonna give you one um (laughs) they are the oldest membership organization in the world um as they presumably um, for museums and heritage yes yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah, Yeah. yeah as they were founded in 1889 that's very nice yeah yeah so i think that's a really nice thing and i suppose it's that's another reason why they are so embedded in in different yeah, been different attitudes really different time. heritage yeah. sectors because they've been around for the longest yeah um and they do provide a great sort of overview of heritage operations in this country don't they yeah. so that's
0: interesting because like um i've been a member of let's see what have i been a member of i've been a member of um uh, museum association icon and iic which we, we didn't get any responses from iic so we haven't been talking about them but you know they're also a valid good option
1: <laughs> just like not writing on them. That's, other, other we, professional bodies are we, available we just couldn't <laughs> discuss just didn't them, answer them. Uh, we just couldn't discuss them
0: um and uh, i feel like at the beginning of our career i feel like museum association was probably more helpful to me because oh yeah I feel like they, some of their training and workshop is so workshops that's so diverse that it gave you some unique selling points. Yeah, uh, like knowing a little bit about copyright mm-hmm. and how to use social media and museums. Mm-hmm. That those were really selling points for me yeah. in my first
1: few jobs. They also have quite a lot of free events aren't they? and they and free aspects to their conferences as well. They do, yes, which is nice because it's quite expensive to go to the actual yeah. conference,
0: but the free bits are really good. Yeah, and similarly, I, I would say that they're training if you're a student isn't too bad um like in terms of price uh it does quickly get a bit pricey mm-hmm. once you like you're supposed to be a properly paid yeah. person um, <sighs> <laughs> um uh, but i feel like in my early years, they were really helpful, mm-hmm. so I thought it was very much worth it. Because when I talk to conservatives now, the uh, reaction tends to be why would you eat? why would you be a member of the museums association? But actually, I feel like it connects me with the sector. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. For me that's important. I get that loads of people aren't into that. Lots of people just want to do their thing and like have their little click around them. And but I want a huge click. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna jump around in everyone's ball pit. I just wanna ah <laughs> I, I wanna play in a playground. Oh my god, this is fun. Um I wanna stay connected to what's going on. Uh even if it's not specialists like it, Yeah, I I guess I just want, I I like being part of the wider community. Um, (laughs) I love how red-faced you are with laughing. (laughs) It's terrible. Uh, As for now, now that I'm a bit more established, I feel like um, uh, I'm much more into what Icon is offering. Yeah. In terms of specialist workshops Mm -hmm. and talks and stuff like that. And that's now
1: much more useful Mm. to me. Um, Which is interesting because I feel like in this country, at least, Icon is kind of very important to be seen to be a member of when you're starting out like it's the kind of thing that you're a member of so that people know that you're serious about your career yeah um and I think that can you can say I think you could say that for a lot of the bodies that if you are a member of a professional body employers can see that you are invested invested Mm. and you are um actively seeking professional development even if you're ju- a, at student level or if you're unemployed or that sort of thing um but I did feel <clears throat> myself at least that Icon was one of the things I had to do um and in some in one instance I think I became a member just before i applied for a job so that i could say i was a member of icon because yeah. it was that level even though i couldn't afford it at the time yeah yeah oh know anyway, it is
0: hard because starting out you don't have a lot of money no. so because you've given it all away to university <laughs> um yeah so it is hard uh and it is hard to know which bits you should afford um and how much and how much employers care because mm, i mean yeah. so, some employers care very much that and you, some care not at all yeah exactly and it really does depend. And some people just slap the you must be on the pathway to accreditation thing on on the job descriptions because they think it belongs there, not mm-hmm. necessarily because yeah. they actually value it. So it really varies. I mean, I like professional organizations. I think they do good things. And even at the toughest times, I have stayed a member, even even when it would have been a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of that. Um Uh, but yeah so i mean i do think they are important but it is also important that the professional bodies know that people struggle Mm -hmm. because obviously every year membership fees do go up because they're just for inflation unlike our pay um (laughs) (laughs) just saying um uh, so i mean it's it's important to be aware that people do struggle and try to help them out
1: just yeah. any way you can which some of you are doing which is really, oh, yeah. really nice to hear which i think again. really
0: came through in your answers um and yeah i i think i think you're all you know generally doing good things for us as a profession uh as a heritage sector uh so yeah keep up the good work guys it's great and thank you very much yeah thank you uh, i hope to see more good work from you all no pressure <laughs> keep it up <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who responded to us. Special thank you to Alison Richmond and Michael Nels from ICON. Errol Wentworth from AIC. Louise O'Connor from uh, ICRI. uh, Paolo Viscardi and Lucy Mascord from Natska. Becky Halliwell from uh, NZCCM. Alistair Brown from the Museums Association. Lisen Tam from Nordiska Konservatorsförbundet Sverige. Fiona Graham from CAPC, uh, and also Greg Hill from the same, and Renata Peters from CC. Thank you all so much for your time and dedication for answering these questions. Today I'm reviewing Authenticity in Transition, Changing Practices in Artmaking and Conservation, edited by Irma Hermans and Francis Robertson. It was published in 2016 by Archetype Publications. These are the proceedings from a conference held at the University of Glasgow back in 2014. But the topic is still as relevant now as it was then. The papers collected in the softback book deal with a range of topics such as artist intent, uh, how we measure value of art, and the role of conservators in modern art. Some papers are a little bit on the artsy side, by which I mean they feel like they were written for art historians and critics rather than someone simply wanting to learn more about art conservation challenges. This is a language and jargon issue, and it doesn't actually reflect on the quality of the content. But I did prefer reading the slightly more accessible papers. I'd immediately urge you to let go of any notion that art conservation in this book is about paintings. There are a few paintings, but this book offers a very broad range of art types. Collaborative art made by members of the public for special events, uh, audiovisual installations, sculptures, uh, full room installations and online net art. The spectrum of challenges represented is actually really impressive. While the central theme of this book is authenticity, what this means and how it can be upheld, there are many other great questions in these papers. Some of my favourites were... Is the intent of the artist or the wishes of the curator more important? Does intent, i.e. the function and meaning of the artwork, trump the materials used to make something? How do you conserve art made by living artists respectfully? And what are the legal ramifications of altering art through conservation? I really enjoyed the range of topics presented, and a lasting impression from the book is that contemporary art conservation is... Possibly less science and more intuition. It's not all about keeping the bits and stabilising surfaces, it's much more complex than that. Um, I really liked it, and I don't often work with contemporary works of art, but it was a refreshing read. I also appreciate that papers uh, came from not only huge museums, but also from small galleries and large scale restoration projects. Uh, It was a really good mix. These papers do discuss conservation strategy, but this isn't a how-to book. This is much more about an approach or an attitude than about step-by-step treatments. After all, that won't help anyone unless you're working on exactly the same piece, after all. Basically, I really recommend this book for anyone who does want to know a bit more about the challenges of our conservation. It's really interesting and a good read, even if it's not something you usually work with. This book has 205 pages, full color illustrations and at the time of recording it costs 37 pounds and 50p uh, from uh, archetype publications. We'll pop a link to it in the show notes. As usual, we welcome any comments, questions or corrections you have, so feel free to get in touch. Listening with the SeaWord, and you'll be listening to Chloe Rumsey and me, Jenny Mathiason. Join us next time for an episode about churches. In the meantime, check out our website at thecword.show, tweet us at the Podcast, or simply email us on Podcast at gmail.com. The intro and outro music is Spring by Didi Misic and used under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Additional music and sound effects by Callum Robertson. This has been a Wooden Dice production. Excellent.